Hello, this is Mr. Quick with the DMCI Personal Finance Podcast. This podcast is a companion to the Google Slides presentations and videos posted to the Google Classroom. This is an audio option for students interested in hearing the lessons and can be listened to along with viewing the Google Slides. For today's lesson, we start a new unit on purchase decisions. Today's lesson will be about consumer awareness. Why do you buy the things that you buy? As you learned in the previous unit, businesses employ marketing strategies designed to appeal to people's needs and wants and to encourage them to buy their products. The question is, how aware are you of the strategies they are using to convince you to buy? By simply being aware of the marketing strategies businesses use, you can make more informed purchase decisions. How many advertisements do you think you see in a day? Think about all the places you might encounter ads. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, billboards, magazines, newspapers, buses, grocery carts, product placement in movies, and TV. By the end of this lesson, you should be able to do the following. Develop an awareness of business strategies and how they affect your consumer behavior. Identify advertising messages and how they are used to appeal to consumers. Differentiate between rational and irrational purchase decisions and differentiate between fact and opinion in advertisements. Now this is a unit and a lesson that I particularly enjoy because I used to work in marketing. And my job was to convince you to buy something without putting it in your hand and telling you to buy it. So with this lesson today, we're going to be looking at making a purchase decision and looking at all the factors that come into play when you do make a purchase decision. When you go to the store and you're looking for something or maybe you're shopping online for a particular product, you are likely not just considering the price. Other factors involved in your decision can include things like quality, color, design, size, status, product features, or customer service. Now businesses will try to convince you through their marketing and advertising strategies that their product or brand is the best choice based on one or more of these factors. Think about a recent purchase decision you made. What factors were most important in this decision? For example, was the price the main deciding factor or were you more concerned about the quality, design, or brand name? One strategy that businesses use to get you to pay attention to their message is to develop advertising campaigns that appeal to you and motivate you to buy. The advertising message appeal that is used depends on the product being advertised and the target market. A target market is the specific group of people who the product is aimed at. The next few minutes I'm going to explain the eight most common types of advertising message appeals. first message appeal we're going to look at is the positive appeal. Now this message appeal aims to show the consumer that using their product will yield positive results. For example, Yoplait Yogurt ran an ad campaign called Take a Minute, showing how people look forward to their yogurt snacks and the opportunity to escape the mundane and boring day. 
Another example provided to you is Gillette's hashtag babyface campaign, which was a magazine ad where you have a picture of a father holding their newborn baby, half of their face is shaved, the other half of their face isn't. Now also included on this advertisement is what they call the Gillette dad test. Now they have different textures from one, which is baby face, which is a smooth texture, to the porcupine, which is five, which is sandpaper. Now in the ad it says, newborn babies only means of communication during their first year of life is through the language of touch. Academic research by the Harvard University and the Boston Children's Hospital have proven that skin-to-skin -skin communication releases love hormones right after birth and helps babies develop as they build their trust in the environment and in their parents. Now what is really unique about this ad is it not only provides the visual image of a father holding their child, but also the physical touch and feel that connects holding a baby to a clean shaven face. So it's trying to create a positive appeal. Now this ad was published in a magazine which contained the dad test, a smart and simple tool that gives new dads a physical demonstration of the way their beards feel on their newborn baby's skin. The different levels of roughness are illustrated by real sandpaper. They also brought in an adjacent page that sh the sandpaper will definitely leave scratches on. The copy on the next page reads, the paper can absorb anything which was really interesting because you have one side of the magazine is just a blank black page with Gillette and the, and the words paper can absorb anything. And if you have that magazine closed, that sandpaper will leave a mark on that page, which would say, if you hold a baby on your, with your beard close to their face, it could uh, result in a negative experience. Now that's a very interesting take and it's trying to be positive, right? That, oh, with our product, we will provide you a positive communication with your child. Now on the other side of the positive appeal, you have the negative appeal. Now this message appeal is used to show the consumer the negative results of not using the product being advertised or on the other end of using the product being advertised but to say something against that product. Now one example of that is the public service announcement for wearing helmets showing a motorcyclist being spoon fed in a hospital with huge stitches over their head with the headline saying, I won't wear a helmet, it makes me look stupid. The ad body talks about the injury suffered by the individual that did not wear a helmet. So in that case, they're talking about the negative results of not using the product. In this case, the product is the helmet. The negative use of not using the helmet can result in injury. On the other side of that, there is ones that uh, usually are created by community campaigns to speak out against something. So something like in the 90s, there was the negative advertising appeal for smoking. 
right? They wanted to get people to stop smoking, so they ran negative ad campaigns showing the dangers of smoking. One popular one I saw quite a bit was the toe tag that said smoking kills. Now these advertising campaigns are making a bit of a comeback with regards to smoking due to vaping. And there's one that states it's the next generation cigarette for the next generation of addicts. Other advertising message appeals include the factual appeal. Now this message appeal provides consumers with facts about the product that would be appealing to the target market. Now one that you see quite a bit is the nine out of 10 dentists recommend name brand toothpaste. There's also the comparative appeal. Now this message appeal aims to compare two leading brands of a product up against one another. The advertiser might be named, or they might just allude to them. Now you see this quite a bit on social media now. Uh, there's a really interesting one from Wendy's that when the Avengers movie came out, they put a tweet out that said that feeling when your beef is still frozen, and spoiler alert, it alludes to the scene where Thanos snaps his fingers and, and certain heroes turn to dust. It has a picture of a Big Mac turning to dust and says, I don't feel so good. Another messaging appeal is the humorous appeal. Now this message aims at making the consumer laugh while still conveying the product's benefits. And you see these ones quite a bit. They're actually quite popular during Super Bowl ads. There's one about a chocolate bar that when you are not being yourself or you're behaving irrationally, and usually they have a celebrity who's acting as that person, so they could be a character from a movie they played, uh, and they give them a chocolate bar and they are back to normal. Another humorous one is the wacky inflatable tube man uh, advertisement for Waze, where there used to be this, you know, weird advertising of this inflatable tube person that would wave their arms and would bring business to them to get your attention, and how that uh, inflatable tube man is out of work because he's been replaced by technology. Another message appeal is the emotional appeal now this message appeals uses emotion to reach out to the consumer one of my favorite emotional appeals is google's remember me advertisement now this is a video uh, that was posted a few years ago i believe it was during the super bowl and it really hits at you. It was, it was called Google Loretta commercial from 2020. Now it showcases an elderly gentleman asking Google Assistant to display stored memories of his late wife. Now these commercials or these advertisements like this one really hit at the emotional parts of us as consumers and one of the things they also do well is they tell a story. Now, what is really interesting about the Google commercial is it was inspired by an employee's grandfather. It's been seen uh, by millions, uh, this video, and I highly recommend watching it. And they really strike at the emotional end. Uh, I'm just looking at advertisement. It says Google's tear-inducing Super Bowl ad shows how tech can help you remember your loved ones well after they're gone. The search giant's commercial titled Loretta showcases an elderly gentleman asking his Google assistant to display stored memories of his wife. 
Hey Google, show me photos of me and Loretta. His voice calls out to the smart speaker. Remember, Loretta hated my mustache. He instructs the device as he goes down memory lane. Google software responds with, okay, I'll remember that. Now this is a commercial that really, really is memorable. And it doesn't so much show the logo or the product, but it's just telling you that story. So it's really, really great example of an emotional appeal. Now other advertising appeals are things like the sexual appeal. So this message appeals using sex and sexuality to promote a product. There is one that is really interesting. I believe it was from the 1920s that just states a skin you love to touch and it's for facial soap. Another advertising appeal is the lifestyle appeal. Now this message appeal aims to show the consumer how the product brand could fit in their current lifestyle or the lifestyle that they want. And the one you see or you hear about all the time is Nike's Just Do It campaign. Now that is a lifestyle appeal because it's telling you that people that wear Nike, they're people of action. They go and get it done. So it creates a sense of you know, that when you wear Nike, that you're part of this brand, that you're part of this way of life, that you wear Nike, you are athletic, you go out and do things, you are active, and that promotes that lifestyle. Along with message appeals, you will need to consider the rational versus emotional purchases when making a decision. What you are thinking of buying and the need you are currently trying to fulfill both play a role in the types of purchase decisions you make. There are two types of purchase decisions. The first one is the rational purchase decisions. And these decisions are based on objective reasoning and questioning. The consumer will spend time doing research to gather facts and information, as well as evaluate the alternative products or brands. Typically, this is done for products that require a higher involvement level because they are higher priced. The primary motivation for a rational purchase is typically one of the following reasons. You may consider its utility. So does this product have a practical use? You might also consider safety and security. Will this product provide safety or security for the user? You might consider its profits. Is this product a good investment? And another you might consider is health. Will the product contribute to the user's health? Businesses that sell products associated with rational purchase decisions will typically include more facts and comparison details to provide consumers with more information to make purchase decisions. Now, emotional purchase decisions are based heavily on emotions. The consumer does not necessarily spend time gathering information and evaluating alternative products or brands based on rational factors. The primary motivation for an emotional purchase is typically one of the following reasons. These could include entertainment. Will this product entertain the user? Love and sentiment. The product holds sentimental value or is used to present love for others. Another is vanity or pride. Does this product, is it designed to make the consumer feel good or look good? 
And the last is envy. Is the product desired because others have it? Now, because businesses that sell products associated with more emotional purchases will develop advertisement that tries to connect with the consumer on an emotional lever to encourage them to buy. An example of this I show is the Lego advertisement that shows a little child building an astronaut that says, build the future, right? And really they're just showing Lego. You're buying blocks that go together. But their emotional appeal is that buying this for your child will in grow their creativity and their innovation, their ingenuity and their problem solving. And it can lead to better things. So when making a decision, you can ask yourself these questions. What purchase decisions do you make that are more on the rational side? What purchase decisions do you make that are more on the emotional sides? How might an understanding of the difference between rational and emotional purchase decisions help you make better decisions with your money? Now, this is where advertising gets really interesting when you look at the rational and the emotional purchase. So things like a mortgage or buying a house or a car are more rational because you're spending a lot of money. So you're really going to do your research and your due diligence to make sure you're getting the most bang for your buck or that you're getting exactly what you want out of the deal. So you're going to look at all the factors, right? If you're going to buy a house, you're going to not just buy the first house you see. You're going to look at several houses. You're going to look at your pre-approval. You're going to look at your mortgage rate. You're going to consider how much money you saved, the neighborhood, the schools nearby. Is it a good place to raise a family? Are you going to be there for five years? Are you going to be there for 20 years? Are you going to rent it out? So those are more rational decisions because you have a lot more invested in them. You're going to look at what they provide you. Now, on the other side of that, you have the emotional purchases. And those are things that you're really buying because you just enjoy them, right? So something like entertainment, when you buy a movie ticket, you buy a movie, you buy a video game, you buy whatever, you're just doing that based on the purchase. It's not so much irrational. You just want that thing because it makes you feel better. Now, other things you might have to consider are impulse buys. And what's really interesting is when you go to a checkout at really any store and they kind of put you through that line and you're surrounded by a bunch of, you know, little snacks or foods or things that are really cheap. Those are what are called impulse buys, where you see them right before the register and you don't think. You just grab and go, oh yeah, I could use those batteries. Or, oh no, I forgot to buy you know, an extra mask and you just grab and you throw it in your basket or your carts or you see a bag of chips and you go, yeah, I'm feeling kind of hungry. You grab and you put in there. Now those are irrational or emotional or those are emotional purchases because you're just thinking of the now. message appeals and rational versus emotional purchases, you need to consider facts or opinions. Product advertisements may also include facts and opinions. As a consumer, it is important to be aware of the difference. A fact is defined as a statement that can be proven true or false. An opinion is a statement that is based on a belief of value. Now, why does it matter? Well, if you think everything you see or hear in an advertisement to be factual when it's not, you will not have all the information you need to make an informed purchase decision. 
Now we're going to go through a couple examples of advertisements in media and we're going to look at whether it's fact or opinion. Now I have the Nike Sweet Classic High advertisement and it states in the body, the Nike Sweet Classic High is comfortable while still remaining in style. With great quality and a wide variety of color options, these sneakers are perfect for casual use. Stay fly, stay fresh, and get yourself a pair. Just do it. The first sentence in the body copy indicates that the shoes are comfortable and in style. This cannot be proven true or false because it is based on individual perception. What you think is in style and what you think is comfortable is different from what I may think is in style or what I think is comfortable. So the consumer will have to judge for themselves. This is an opinion. Now the second sentence in the body copy indicates that the shoes are great quality, come in a wide variety of color and are perfect for casual use. The consumer may need to compare the product with other competing brands to judge the actual quality difference, so that's an opinion. However, the statement that they come in a wide variety of color options can be proven true or false, so that's a fact. Finally, the consumer will need to decide if they are perfect for casual use, and again, this is an opinion. Another example is for Pantene Pro-V's Daily Moisturizer Renewal Shampoo and Conditioner that features Selena Gomez. Now, in the body copy in this advertisement, it tells the reader that the product sends powerful Pro-V moisture deep into your hair. Now, is this fact or opinion? Unfortunately, it is difficult to prove if this is actually true or false because Pro-V is a material or a product that belongs to Pantene. Now, unfortunately, it is difficult to prove this, so consumers will have to form their own opinions on whether the product really works for them or not. Now, you may also notice, as I mentioned earlier, that Selena Gomez is in the advertisement. Now, this is a celebrity endorsement, and it's used to appeal to the target audience. So this product happens to be geared towards females who are looking for a product to keep their hair looking beautiful. Using celebrity endorsements is another advertising strategy that businesses use to make you pay attention to their ads and convince you that you need to buy this product because the celebrity personally endorses it and uses it. This may or may not be true as celebrities are paid huge sums of money to appear in product advertisements. Now you'll see this quite often on social media. You'll see it with people like Kylie Jenner, you'll see it with Anna Kendrick, you'll see even with Ed Sheeran, you'll see it with people that are influencers who are promoting something. Now this is quite often with, again, celebrity influencers, so someone like Kylie Jenner. I show a example on the Google Slides where she is obsessed with sugar bear hair vitamins and they put she puts a lot of stress in her hair and these bears make my natural hair look and feel amazing plus they're delicious and it shows a picture of her holding the the vitamins but not really taking them so this is an advertisement we don't know if she's been paid to use this product Sometimes you'll see the word hashtag ad or hashtag advertisement. That's really important. Sometimes you'll see a picture of somebody and it'll have that little icon in the corner and you click it and it shows 
you know, their hat was purchased here, their shirt is this name brand, their pants are this name brand, it was taken at this resort location. And that itself is an advertisement as well. So it's about being aware of what is being advertised to you and how is it being manipulative? Is it being honest? What message appeal is it trying to show you? Are you being emotional or rational when making the decision to purchase something? So how can you use this information to make better purchase decisions? Just simply being aware that businesses use marketing and advertising strategies to appeal to both the rational and emotional side of the purchase decision can help you to be more thoughtful about your purchases. Try asking yourself the following questions before you make a purchase. Do I really need to buy this right now? Does this purchase help me to reach my financial or personal goals? If I waited a day or two, will I still buy this? Would this product make my life better? And if I buy this, will I have enough money to spend on the other items in my budget plan? Another thing you may need to consider is deceptive advertising. Now be cautious if you come across advertising that seems too good to be true. Every year, several major companies and brands are accused of false advertising. I provided you with a number of different advertising that have caused some trouble. Now you'll see the Red Bull gives you wings. Now Red Bull was sued a number of years ago because of false advertising. Someone accused them of actually not providing them with the ability to fly. Another one is the mini wheats. Mini wheats said that it actually made your child smarter to eat their cereal, which was proven false. There was no proof that eating mini wheats would make you smart. Another one is Rice Krispies, how it boosts your child's immunity. Again, there is no proof that it does that. However, it does provide vitamins and antioxidants and nutrients that may help your immunity, but does not boost it. Another is from New Balance, that with these True Balance shoes, they tone your body without toning down your style. And what they said is that when you wear these shoes, you'll actually work out certain muscles and you'll help tone your body. Again, that was proven false. And a very interesting one that came out within the last year is Canada Dry Ginger Ale and all their advertisements say made with real ginger. However, someone sued and actually was proven that ginger ale is not made with real ginger, but is used or is made with a ginger extract. Now that is very interesting because it's on all of their advertising. Now it's not just large companies that sometimes get caught with deceptive advertising. Deceptive advertising can occur locally too. So be aware of companies offering sales or specials that just seem too good to be true. Sometimes the strategy is to get you into the store for a great deal, only to tell you that a product is no longer available so that they can try and sell you a more expensive item. This strategy is called a bait and switch and is actually illegal in Canada.
we've looked at a number of ways advertising appeals to you and tries to influence your purchase decisions, you need to consider just how these companies really do their best to influence your decision making when it comes to your financial purchases. Now, it could be something from whenever you just walk into a store, the way that store is designed and the colors they use are meant to influence your purchase decisions. There is a reason why the meats and vegetables are usually at the back of the store when it comes to things like Walmart or Costco, especially is because they drive sales. They move people to the back of the store so they see everything else. There's also a reason why clearance is also at the back of the store because they want you to see all the other stuff first. Another one is colors they use, right? Colors like Walmart will use blue, which is, you know, you don't see a single window in a Walmart, but they want you to feel calm and, and collective and, and you'll feel like you're, you kind of feel like you're outside a little bit when you see all the blue. With Costco, it's really interesting because they have a warehouse. It's very much, it's just a warehouse. It's built like a warehouse. You have stacks of products and huge quantities. And that's because they want you to feel like you're part of something special, that you're an insider, that you got this cool membership, that you get an exclusive shopping experience and you feel like you're getting a better deal because it's wholesale. There's no middle person that you have to deal with. So they feel like you're getting a better deal. I know when I worked and did merchandising and marketing for movies, one of my favorite things that I learned about advertising or so much about influencing decisions was something called a treasure chest. Now, if you go into Walmart or Best Buy and you see those bins of movies that are like the $5 movies and it's always a big mess, well, that's on purpose. The reason that these bins are always a big mess is because if they were in a nice, neat little rows and you're able to search through every single movie, you would only buy one or two because you'd be looking for specific titles. Now, when it's a big mess like that, right? So you see it with CDs, you'll see it with movies. It's a big mess, a big pile. You're more likely to, as you fish through, to grab one and put it under your arm or put it in your cart because you don't want to lose it. So you'll grab two, three, four, or five at that point because you're more likely just to put them aside, usually in your cart, and not wanting to put them back because you're afraid you're going to lose them. So that's often very, it's a, very common practice that we used. Another was to have Disney products to one side of the store further to the back of the electronics department because we knew that people would go to Disney products first. They were often family and, and more uh, higher cost and more easier to sell because they had such name brand recognition. Another thing I would do is I would have movie displays at the front of the store. So it was the first thing you'd see when you walk into the store was the movie display. And it would be whatever the new movie of that week was. So if it was a Marvel movie or a, you know, a big blockbuster, you'd walk into the store and I would have signs on it so that you'd see a lot of really, you'd see a really great sale and it would say one week only and it would be very colorful and big. And that, so when the first thing you see is that movie, if you were interested in seeing, or maybe you'd seen it in the theaters, or maybe you know someone who might like it, is you'd grab it and you'd throw it in your cart. Well, the thing about being first is you throw it in your cart, you have other purchases to make. So as you shop, that movie gets piled on. So you kind of forget it's there. So by the time you get to the cash register, you know, you have the movie and you can 
you could say, oh yeah, I forgot I had this and maybe you don't want it, you put it back or you most of the time you just go, oh yeah, and you just kind of, you've already resolved that you're going to purchase this thing. So it's very interesting how all of these, everything's designed in a store to get you to shop the way the layout is. Just look, when you go to a store, when you're, when we're able to, when these reg restrictions disappear, think about, as you're walking through the store, think about how it's laid out, right? How are they, how are they trying to get your attention? When you're on Amazon, when you're online, think about what are they offering you, right? Why is it, you know, the Amazon's choice? Consider what is being presented to you. And that's review what we talked about today. So we looked at purchase decisions and advertising message appeals. We looked at things like the positive and negative appeals. We looked at humorous and emotional message appeals. We looked at factual as well as comparative message appeals. We also looked at the rational versus emotional purchases. We considered facts and opinions in advertising as well as celebrity endorsements. We also ended with deceptive advertising and false advertising. Now these are consumer awareness things that you need to consider, right? You need to be aware of, right? It's in the name. You have to be aware as a consumer of what is being sold to you so that you can make a better decision, right? Business's job and marketing job is to convince you to buy this thing that you may or may not need. So being aware helps you with those decisions, especially those little ones, they add up, but it also helps you with the big ones, right? When you're going to buy a house, consider your options, right? Look at what's being advertised to you. When you buy a car, compare your shopping, look for what you want, right? That's really, really important. And we're going to continue this discussion about consumer awareness, about prices, about major purchases such as a car, getting an apartment, getting a house. We're going to look at these items in this unit and we're going to talk about it. And it's a really exciting one because we look at a number of different factors and we really start to get into the financial, the personal finances that you may run into when you're older. So I want to take this time to thank you for listening to this podcast and have a wonderful day.